One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. And welcome to the Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Dave DeFore here with Mona Keel for your Wednesday night recap. Coming up, Orlando and Detroit are probably going to start the new year with some suspensions. A career night for Zion Williamson and DeMar DeRozan does DeRozan things. Before we start, don't forget you can get this podcast without ads by subscribing at theathletic.com slash NBA show. Zion Williamson scored a career high 43 points, including the final 14 points in the last three minutes for the Pelicans to lift those Pelicans over the Timberwolves 119 to 118. Mo, the end of this game was pretty incredible, but nothing was more incredible tonight than Zion Williamson. Oh, that was, first off, let's just, I want our listeners to acknowledge how great of a uh, sort of just bringing that whole thing together there, Dave. That was very impressive. Zion was even more impressive than that, Dave. He went completely ballistic. First off, we got to talk about him dunking all over Rudy Gobert in the third quarter. Okay, listen, and he did it with his right hand, Mo. I mean, look, we we often call out players, you know, Demonis Sabonis, Thad Young, guys who are lefty dominant. And Zion is obviously lefty dominant, uh, but he's got a pretty good right hand. And this one comes across the lane. And Gobert tries to make a business decision at the last minute. And... and Mo, he probably should have just gone for the block. You, you, you don't make a business decision when you're in midair. It's over. You've lost at that point. Just foul him. Put him on the line. Don't let him get the dunk off. But, I mean, that just kind of topped off. You got everything from Zion down the stretch of this game. What scored the last 14 points for the Pelicans. You know, was attacking the paint. Had some beautiful finishes at the rim. Had a, you know, knocked down a wide open three when they badly needed it. You can just see how badly he wanted it himself. Like it was just an impressive performance from Zion down the stretch. Like this is just those things where you're just like, yeah, this is the Zion we've been waiting for. It's just so happy. We finally have him out there. Oh, and look, we're at the point where, you know, certainly he's missed a lot of games, but we probably should start thinking Zion MVP chances, because if, if the Pelicans wind up the one seed and let's say he hits 60, you know, some odd games. Uh, he's in the mix there. He's been. That's not. That's not. He's enough. been that's super not impactful. Nope. I think in the games that he's been there, I, he's going to be in the mix. I'm not saying he's going to win, but I think he's going to be in the I mix. I, I, games like this are going to stand out for him, Mo. Now and down the stretch, I, hey, he, I he hate won when this. You bring this up on the thing. These I are know, nerd I conversations. To, I know, but so he makes a big steal down the stretch and gets a big dunk. Um, not to be outdone, man. Anthony Edwards came back down the other end. And that's one of the best late game crunch time dunks I can think of, at least this season, Mo. It was, I mean, it was phenomenal. Like he came in down the lane and it was a two hand jam, right? Like that was just like, uh, like it was, I was impressed with Edwards too. I mean, listen, wasn't the most efficient shooting night for him, but down the stretch when they needed him, he stepped up for them. Interesting stat for you though, Dave, and I got to. Go into my little uh, notes here because I wrote this one down because we saw it on the broadcast. The Timberwolves, 17-1 and one after leading in three quarters. And they, they had a two-point lead going into the fourth quarter of this game. They're now 17-2, and two, Dave. It's kind of that simple. The other flip side of this is they're 1-15 when they're trailing after three quarters. So we know what the strategy is for the Wolves. Be up. And, 
but in general, they fell apart. This is another game where I felt like they've played better with Nas Reed on the floor than than with Gobert. And down the stretch of this game, you know, the decision to stick with Gobert, I, I think, worked in the Pelicans' favor. Nas Reed, Nas Reed was a better matchup in this in this matchup. They were actually hunting Gobert with Zion in the pick and roll. Jonas Valanciunas was setting the ball screen for Zion to get the switch so he could attack Rudy Gobert. I mean, that kind of says everything you need to know about that. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. The Milwaukee Bucks had a 15-point lead in the beginning of the fourth quarter, Mo, and they've lost three straight. Now, they didn't have Chris Middleton. They didn't have Drew Holiday. So down the stretch, things got a little tight for them, but it wasn't tight at all for DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan had 42 points in this game as the Bulls rallied to beat Giannis 119-113 in overtime. And I say Giannis because Giannis had 45 points and 20 rebounds, and the Bucks still lost. DeRozan was a killer in this game, Mo. I mean, DeMar DeRozan's making the run for the new Clutch Player of the Year award. With with his performance in the fourth quarter and in overtime, I think you're just kind of looking at it going like, man, you know, this is, first off, a badly needed win for Chicago. Just again, to get, you know, get themselves back on track, a win like this. Dude, they were down 11 with 218 left in the fourth quarter. This game is over. Should be over right then and there. The Bulls continue to fight. Terrible turnover from Giannis and an inbound when they're up two. DeRozan forces the steal. Io DeSumo with a big dunk to tie the game. And then it goes to overtime. And then just that's where DeRozan just kind of takes over. You know, has 10 points in the overtime alone. Like, that's just a monstrous game. And also, you know, Vucevic hits a big three in overtime. But he was wide open. DeMar DeRozan had actually created some gravity in during the course of this game. And they were sending two over. They weren't really worried about anybody else. And the other Bulls started to step up. Zach Levine had 24 points, including, you know, a transition three late in the fourth. This is the sort of thing that they they envisioned when they had these three offensive weapons. Of course, they don't have the defensive guys around them to make it work all the time. But the, this Bulls team, you mentioned, desperately needed to win. They've probably been beyond the mode where they should be sellers at this point. But just when they see this sort of performance, you can understand why they still hang on to their playoff hopes. And on the other side for Milwaukee, this is their fourth straight loss, Mo. And with or without Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, you got to be concerned about this offense when those two guys aren't out there. I thought the Bucks settled for a lot of bad shots tonight. Giannis in particular uh, Giannis, down the stretch. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Giannis, Giannis in particular was, was taking just so many shots, just settling down the stretch. They're, end the game offense and I mean like the last three minutes of this game they did what I hate so much from teams which is cool we're just gonna bleed clock 
and then hope we get a good shot at the end, which is basically a Giannis 16, 17 footer. And, you know, some of them were fadeaways and, and it just it wasn't working. But the other thing that's really surprising is they still get a four point lead in the overtime. They have a chance to extend it to a six point lead. Don't get it. You know, it's a two point lead. The Bulls miss two wide open threes. They get the rebound, have a chance again to extend the lead. They don't. And then that's the next play where Vooch comes down and knocks down that three that you're talking about. Like their half court offense is a massive problem at this point. Look, we gave him the benefit of the doubt. You didn't have Chris Middleton. Okay, you didn't have Drew Holiday for games and stuff. We always give him the benefit of the doubt. But at a certain point, this becomes very concerning. And just you're just watching them, and, and it's pretty frustrating. If you're a Bucks fan, you just got to be really upset. Yeah, it's a lot of Grayson Allen. And, and frankly, this is a team that has championship aspirations. Uh, 16 shots from Grayson Allen. And I know, look, it's December, and nobody really cares. But the truth is... There's so much parity in the league right now. All of these games ultimately are going to matter. That home court advantage is going to matter. And Boston just, you know, look, they're not giving Peyton Pritchard minutes. Grayson Allen's getting a lot of time out there. I think Javon Carter is going to be a better option. When they get Drew Holiday back, I, I like to see them go more defensive. I don't know about you. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see how it plays out. But just, you know, we'll talk about the fact that, hey, they're no longer the second seed in the East right now. Well, that's some perfect foreshadowing there, Mo, because with their 108-107 victory over the Atlanta Hawks, the Brooklyn Nets, who we had all written off for dead, are the second seed in the Eastern Conference. Kyrie Irving was electric in the fourth quarter. I mean, he just went on a run, Mo. Like, we haven't seen from him in a while, and he was doing it inside and out. Hit some back-to-back threes, had some crazy finishes, scored 15 of his 28 points in the fourth quarter. Kevin Durant, not to be outdone. 26 points and had a season high 16 rebounds as the Brooklyn Nets win their 10th straight game. And yes, Atlanta didn't have Trey young and man, we're going to get to the finish of this game, but I want to start with Brooklyn, give them some respect. They are playing pretty decent basketball now. Yeah. I mean, you touched on Kyrie with the 15 points in the fourth quarter. Like he really kind of took over, you know, early on and, 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 and throughout the entire quarter and then down the stretch, KD with a couple of big shots. Cause you know, that's just what Kevin Durant does. And, and you know, we were texting back and forth and we're like, oh, this might be too much one-on-one. And then it kind of just occurred to me. I go like, well, down the stretch, if you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, you're okay with the, those guys going one-on-one and creating for others and that being your offense down the stretch. And it paid dividends for them tonight in this game. And, you know, they got a lot of good play from a lot of good guys. Like Ben Simmons being aggressive on the offensive end, had 10 points, took 10 shots. I don't remember the last time that happened, but he took 10 shots. It's pretty impressive. Nick Claxton was awesome. Like, you got, you're got, you getting some solid contributions from guys. Yeah, Claxton, 17 points, 10 rebounds, 8 of 9 from the field, and had some really good late-game defense when he got switched out on DeJounte Murray, forces a miss, gets the rebound, uh, and, and the Nets get the ball. But I want to go to Atlanta. They had a chance to win. They get a rebound, and look, there's time on the clock, but... They need to call a timeout. Well, they have two timeouts, and I'm thinking this entire time, okay, certainly they're going to take a timeout now. Nope. They did not take a timeout, Mo, so they're running down court, and they don't even really get a good look. DeJounte Murray with a heave as time expires. Mo, is there any scenario where you can come up with a reason why Nate McMillan didn't take a timeout? Why weren't they instructed to you know, go ahead and call a timeout on the rebound right before the play? Because it happened right after a sideline out of bounds. Yeah, I think, you know, part of it was this, there's an idea of, hey, let's take advantage and transition, see if we catch the defense sleeping and whatnot. 
So I'm, I'll, I'll give him the pass on not calling it right away. But once you saw Murray getting up half court, that's when you got to at least call it there, you know, and, and sprinting there. He got close to the three-point line, took a three with about a, a second left, was contested by both Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Like, if that went in, that'd have been a hell of a three because <laughs> that was very well contested. There wasn't a lot of room for him in, in that playing out. But I'm with you. Just call the timeout, advance the ball, get set up from there. Especially because you've got one of the best late-game coaches on your staff, Joe Prunty. Like, the thing that we know him for is these late-game trick gadget plays, whether it was Milwaukee or a couple weeks ago where they have the, the sideline out-of-bounds alley-oop for A.J. Griffin. And, and so, like, at least give your guys a shot. Um, you know, d- just a, a bad loss and, and didn't really get a chance to, to turn that into a win. It's a bad coaching loss, but it was actually a good game from the Hawks. Because, listen, they weren't just out Trey Young. They were out DeAndre Hunter. They were out Clint Capella, down three starters, and they fought throughout this entire game and, and had built themselves a big lead at one point. They led as much by 15 in this game, and it just kind of fell apart. DeJounte Murray looked really solid. I thought they got nice contributions from Bogdanovich off the bench. Everything. I mean, first off, shout out my Trojan, Okongwu, who for, for, for having a big game in, in place of Capella as well. Like, this is, this is one of those games you look at it going like, eh, this is pretty promising if we don't have Trey. I, I know I'm throwing a, a <laughs> Molotov <laughs> cocktail into the room and walking out, but I'm just saying. I don't know. I think you there was a I, lot to like about that. We're on the same page about liking this team quite a bit without Trey Young. And uh, finally... In the first game of the night, the Detroit Pistons, really, they smacked the Orlando Magic across the head, 121-101. to But also in the first half of this game, Killian Hayes smacked Mo Wagner across the back of the head and knocked him out. Uh, there was a, look, I think Mo Wagner took a cheap shot on Killian well, let's Hayes. Set it. Let's just set it. The ball's going out of there. bounds into the backcourt. Mo Wagner's going back with it. Killian Hayes is sprinting like he's trying to make a play. And like, yo... Wagner just shoves them out of bounds right into the, the, the Pistons bench. Sure enough, people get upset with that. Um, Hamadou Diallo comes in from behind and hits Wagner with, with a, a shove that looked like it, it, it created a whiplash that kind of, I don't know, it looked like Wagner was out on his feet, but then Hayes popped up and, you know, he's pissed. He comes running in from behind and pops Wagner in the back of the head. And it looked like at that point he was out cold on the bench. I mean, it got pretty, pretty wild because it was all in front of the Pistons bench. Yep. Uh, so a bunch of guys are going to get uh, probably suspended. We had some players leave their bench area. Killian Hayes, Hamadou Diallo, and Mo Wagner were all ejected. And uh, listen, I, I think that uh, when cooler heads prevail, all of these guys probably regret this. And it was all an overreaction, including Mo Wagner with the shove. I, I don't even think he meant to shove him that hard, but... You know, when you got these giant bodies moving fast and you just can't do those little cheap things, right? You just can't. And and it was it Mo Wagner started it. I think Killian Hayes overreacted. And, you know, it's it's unfortunately this is what it is and it's it's the league's gonna have to sort it out. I mean the Orlando Magic I mean, at least half their bench. Oh, yeah, they're gonna <laughs> left the like, like I don't know what they're gonna. They're gonna do. have, they have to call the G League team they're, or something. They're like, gonna be I dealing don't. with suspensions till the trade deadline. And you're right, Mo Wagner started it. Killian Hayes certainly finished it. And that's the end of this show. That's gonna do it for the show, folks. Thank you guys for listening. Mo, get out of here. Ding ding. <laughs> <laughs>